Hi everyone, Kat here before the episode starts. We just wanted to say thank you to our fans. Because of you, a total of $200 was given to the Northwest Community Bail Fund, $100 to the Homeless Black Trans Women Kickstarter, and $100 to Reclaim the Block. I don't know if we'll do any more calls for matching, but we urge you to continue giving where you have means to give. Uh, to, again, bail funds with need, mutual aid funds, um, going forward in the future, the National Lawyers Guild, who pro bono provide representation to arrested protesters, which they are going to need uh, to Kickstarters, or not Kickstarters, to GoFundMes or other fundraisers supporting marginalized peoples directly to Black Lives Matter directly. Uh, The media is dying down around stuff. That doesn't mean that need is any less. And that means that more so in a couple weeks, in a couple months, the need for funds from organizations is going to be bigger. So if you can swing it, I urge you to set up monthly donations. Um, Instead of giving $15 one time, give $5 a month to an organization you believe in or want to support. It's a good way for consistent funds to get in their pockets and help them keep fighting the fights they're fighting. Um, Yeah, again, thank you. Keep signing petitions. Keep having conversations with friends and family. Keep reaching out to representatives, to city council members, etc. And like we said last time, take care of yourselves. Thank you for your supportive standoff, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to Standoff, a podcast where we put abilities for JoJo's Bizarre Adventure up against each other in randomized bracket to determine what stand is objectively the best. My name is Kingdom and I use he him pronouns. I don't know if that was a question. <laughs> My name is Kat and I use she her. Are you okay? <laughs> no, that was really funny. My face hurts from laughing. We just finished recording a Patreon episode. That's probably, I don't know, George Joestar is stupid. <laughs> it's really good, yeah, that I made a joke about Red Hot Chili Pepper. <laughs> it was a bannable offense. Uh-huh. Anyway, in moving stands to the bracket, we look at them in six criteria, A through E, and form our decision. These are appearance, what does the stand look like? Cat, you're next. <laughs> you can't call me out like that. I was taking a sip of water to calm down. Um, ability, what does the stand do? Versatility, how much can the stand do with the abilities it has? My head hurts from laughing so hard to try to stifle it. Understandability, how easy it is to get what a stand does. Reference, the names of the stands are referential to the mysticism, mythology, and music. (laughs) 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 We look at the reference and see if we like it and if it ties to the stand as a theme. And X Factor, just how much we like the stand, how funny we think it is. Are we, ta- are we using this? Are yeah, we, are we taking going, it from the going. top? Okay. <laughs> it's important to note that we look at stands in a vacuum. Other users may come up in the next round. We're not fucking talking about them right now.
only when we need to for the reference to make sense and we spoil all of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. What are our matchups this episode, Kingdom? Um, I didn't know that was my job, dang it. It is now, bitch. <laughs> Shit. Uh... Uh, it's, uh, th- we got, first we got Tower of Grey versus Boku no Rhythm Wo Kietakure. Mm-hmm. And then we got, uh, Killer Queen Part 4 against, uh, was the Killer Queen First Bomb? <laughs> <laughs> against Red Hot Chili Pepper. Yeah, hey, good job pronouncing Boku no Rhythm Wo Kietakure right the first time this try, because the first time we talked about it, you had a really fucking hard time with it. No, because I, I was like... In my head, I'm like, I know a way that I pronounce it wrong, and I gotta make sure I do it the right way. And then, like, I was so adamant about doing it the right way that I f- fucked up terribly. Uh, you're you're valid. Will you? I'm tired of going first this time. Will you tell me what Tower of Grey looks like? Shit, alright. Tower of Grey's a little buggy boy. <laughs> <laughs> but not like the party fun bugs. Not I like mean, buggy one piece. Not like buggy one piece. He's still a, he's a stag beetle and he's, he's the size of a hand. If you if, if you've read part eight, then you'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah, there's an arc that's just a beetle sumo match, and it's the best part of part eight. Yeah, but this would only what I'm saying only applies to people who read part eight but does, don't know about part three. <laughs> anyway, Tower of Grey is dark black in color with intricate patterns on its shell. The stand has a second set of jaws within the normal beetle jaws that spring out of its mouth. It's like a xenomorph. It's got a little baby head inside of its face. Uh, and also, a little thing normal stag beetles don't got is uh, little, he's got teeth. He's got, he's got chompers. Hey, that's a really good reference to Scare Off, Live from the Woods. <laughs> there were no bugs there. Nice. There's xenomorph. Yeah, the xenomorph bit is what I'm talking about. Yeah, there was xenomorph queen, but we didn't see any bugs. There there were certainly bugs around. There were, but there weren't hand-sized stag beetles. They could have been in the graves, for all with, we know. With intricate patterns on the shell. It's got very pretty wings. Okay. Can What do you give Tower of Grey for appearance? It's disgusting. I hate it. They make They take something that looks cool, the stag beetle, and they give it teeth and drool. Mm-hmm. And by they, I mean Iraqi. Iraqi, you suck. <laughs> but but what letter grade do you give it? D. But but it's a beetle, and beetles are nice to look at. But they they made it bad. They 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 uh they cursed imaged it. You're right. It's they give it a set of jaws. They give it dentures. Uh, it's smile.jpg smilebug.jpg <laughs> the new hit creepy pasta. Yeah, it's a D. It's terrible. Tell me what it does, because I it, don't remember. <laughs> It goes fast and it rips ass. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's Sonic the Hedgehog? Yeah. So besides its secondary jaw, Tower of Grey's primary ability is its amazing speed. It can move faster than several very fast close-range stands. It has enough control over its flight to write in the air in cursive. So does Rohan! <laughs> it is said to be able to dodge bullets from multiple guns fired at point-blank range. Tower of Grey's secondary jaw, and it's it's called the wiki calls it a stinger. It's just a secondary jaw. It's it's very strong. It's capable of ripping and tearing flesh, and it's capable of ripping out a victim's tongue with little to no effort, which makes it very deadly. So this is the part of early part three where they just compare things to just nonsense bullshit. Well, like saying like saying Silver Cherry is speed of light. 
Well, early part three, like this is based off of the Xenomorph Queen because a yeah. lot of the early part three stands are based off of horror things. But it's just a fast bug. It's a really quick bug that rips things with its mouth. That's it. It took an episode to deal with. And they're yeah. on a plane, which is an enclosed space, which would be the perfect position for it to be in. Exactly. What if it accidentally went too fast and went outside the plane, though? Then the episode would have been over. <laughs> wasn't I know I already said that we don't talk about the stand user, but wasn't the stand user for this thing just like a really old dude? I remember it being like an old dude that was like they thought was probably dead already. Mm-hmm. Fuck that. <sighs> There's got to be a picture up on the wiki. I'm going to look for him. Please or do. There, or there just isn't because he's so irrelevant that who cares? What do you give Tower of Grey for ability? D. Uh, yeah, I also gave it a D. His, the stand user's name is Greyfly. It's Greyfly, yeah. Why? Araki was just chilling. Araki, put some effort in, my guy. Get some legwork going. He got there eventually. <laughs> so will we. I... I think versatility is like um, an E because it's a fast bug. <laughs> it's a fast bug. If you want to make, there's an argument that could be made for um, it could fetch you drinks <laughs> like Star Platinum. No. Yo, we that... don't know the range of it though, do we? No, but that doesn't matter. Yeah, none of it matters. None of it I, matters. I have a joke to make, but I realized it will fit better somewhere else. Okay, sure. I think understandability is an A. It's a fast bug. I think, yes. Um, hey, trivia time that I'm stealing from the wiki to try to make this dumbass stand more fun. Oh, God. Uh, f- directly from the wiki, and which is from Iraqi's statement in a JoJo Valer. Iraqi was inspired to create Tower of Grey because he, because he imagined how annoying it would be if an insect was trapped inside of an airplane mid-flight. That's really fucking funny. My that's, dude. That's the most Iraqi thing I've ever heard, I think. Dang, what if a fly was just bothering you while you're flying? <laughs> I should make a murder bug from that. It's a creepypasta. <laughs> yeah, but it's an A. It's a fast bug in a plane. Sure. Um, the reference is the song Fast Bug by, <laughs> by Tracy Chapman. It's not true. No, that... That song's called Fast Car. The reference is the Tower Tarot card. You press Q and then bombs happen. Yeah, it's bad though. But that makes sense because the Tower Tarot card represents chaos and destruction. Which, all right, are are we going to give it to it? Well, I'm going to keep reading. I just okay, 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 okay. It's the major iconic card of sudden upheaval and unexpected change. The change is usually scary, life changing, and often unavoidable. A negative tower event can be akin to a bomb going off in your life. You don't know how you'll survive, but you will. And later you realize it made you a better person. And reversed, the Tower Tarot card is a sign that you narrowly avoided a disaster. Basically. Okay, okay, okay. Here's where I'm sitting. Mm-hmm. You could be. You could sit here and say, Wow, that symbolizes because it's the first time they get attacked by a stand, and it's mm-hmm. like a chaotic event that they become stronger people afterward. <laughs> But guess what? That's every stand battle. <laughs> right, but it's the first, like... No, I, I can't give it to it. It's ev- that's every single fight. I gave it a C for that. I would give it a D. Okay, I'm because fine. Because it's D. like, sure, but if you... 
like the argument could be made that then every stand should be called the Tower of something. You're right, the Tower of Killer Queen. <laughs> the Tower of Red Hot Chili Pepper. I mean, <laughs> shut the fuck up! No, and X Factor's an E. It's a fast buck. X Factor's is is an F. It's dumb. It's the worst stand. X Factor's an F for fast buck. <laughs> Where are they going to put rocket boosters on him? Uh, Superfly's like, no, you can't take my name. And then Tower of Grey goes... Tower of Grey goes... All right, let's talk about Boku no Rhythm Okiyotukure. Do it. All right, so it looks like a bird. It specifically looks like a shoe bill, which like we said the first time we talked about the stand... It's fucking scary. Shoe bills are scary. It's another bird hole. That's that's nightmare. It's got two big old golden discs on either side of its head with indented markings throughout it. The stand has the large blunt beak that's characteristic of the shoe bill, and it wears a tattered pink cloak that covers most of its body. Its eyes are small with red dot-like pupils, and all exposed areas of its body have a stitch-like pattern slightly raised against from its skin. Okono Rhythm is purple with dark purple accents. I love Rhythm. I'm just going to call it Rhythm so it's not the whole name every time. That's fair. I do too. It's good. It's great. It's a little weird bird child that just hangs out on a dude's back. It gives you like a cape though. I love it. Yeah, it's it's definitely an A. I love it. I don't know. I I can't say anything other than like, I am a fan. I stand in Rhythm. Good. I'm I'm happy for you. Can you tell me what it does? Okuno Rhythm Wokiyotakure has the ability to turn anything its user touches into a bomb. Huh. Now hold on there. Don't. We'll get there. These are time bombs. These bombs take the form of small pins with clocks on them. These can appear on any solid matter, including smoke, which is like kind of solid. Sure. I'll give it to you. There's flakes in there. <laughs> After some time, the, the pins spring into the air and set off an explosion. Several explosions are powerful enough to destroy a building. One can hold the pins into place if they are affected, but this would hamper their fighting ability. So if the pins don't come out, it's not going to explode. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stand can take the what? the stand can place many as many pins as it wants, and this ability also protects the user as touching them would cover the assailant's hand with pins. It's a pretty cool bomb ability. It's, like, way cooler than Killer Queen. Can I be real? Like, <laughs> like as an ability and the cool factor, it's way cooler. I I agree. Yeah, it's not as cool as Bites the Dust, but base Killer Queen and Sheer Heart Attack, it's leagues cooler then. Yeah. It's also not as cool as George Joestar Bites the Dust. George Joestar Bites the Dust is fucked up. Okay, are so, we going to talk about that? Because we separated we separated part four and part eight Killer Queen. Do we have to make another part of George Joestar part Killer Queen? Because it no, does kind of different stuff, too. No. No. Okay. I'm, I'm just saying. In the bracket. Maybe. I have, I have to bring it up because the people would. If we finish George Joestar and we don't hate each other <laughs> and we're still doing this podcast, maybe we'll do a bracket of the George Joestar stands and wounds and bounds and beyonds. I don't think there's different kinds of beyonds. And singular beyond. Okay, there. We'll talk about the Arthur of the Arthur, the author of George Joestar, and rate him against his creation. <laughs> That's what it would be. 
Hey, if you want to listen to us talk about George Joestar, it's five dollars a month on Patreon. Patreon.com slash standoff pod. Thanks, Kingdom. Anyway. I give I give Boku no Rhythm an A for ability. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and I think like I think a B for versatility. What are you talking about? How is this versatile? It's defensive and it's offensive. And like you can do a lot of set play with it. Like you can put the bombs in water and they float down the water. And then right. you can also send bombs from the front to somebody and then you can trap them. I would say, sure, you can give it credit for that. But we have to address that the biggest thing that we take points off for in versatility is that if a stand can only kill people. I guess, oh, fuck, fine. This can only kill people or destroy buildings. Sure. I guess I guess a C. C for can only kill people or destroy buildings. <laughs> rhythm's rhythm's awesome. I love it, but you gotta we gotta we gotta do right. Yeah. Understandability though, that's a B. Yeah. Why a B? Because at some point the pins start like melting, and I don't know why. Oh they... true, I forget about that. I guess it's like if they get wet, they start looking like Salvador Dali clocks, and that affects how they spring or if they can spring or something. But it's really awkwardly explained and only happens like briefly and is never mentioned again then because Oye Komova blows the fuck up. I have a theory that I have no way to confirm, but I think Araki just wanted to draw melting clocks. I also think that. <laughs> Araki was like, I saw that Salvador Dali painting, and I'm vibing with it. And I have this dude with snakeskin, and, like, nothing can get weirder than him already. Yeah. It's, we're gonna get to talk about Oyekomova. Again. <laughs> well, the user. Well, that's next, next, uh, it, okay, can't get ahead of yourself now. If we decide that Rhythm Beats Tower <laughs> 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 then next round we'd be talking about the user <laughs> a little bit yeah a pinch but yeah so the reference for Boku no Rhythm Wokia Takure is the song Oye Komova by Tito Puente and covered by Santana and the thing is in case you didn't listen to our first episode with Boku no Rhythm Boku no Rhythm Wokia Takure is the Japanese translation of the full title of the song, which is Oye Como Va Mi Ritmo, and both mean listen to my rhythm. We got three different languages going on here. Yeah, it's it's a good, it kind of bops. Oye Como Va. That's all I know. Yeah, like, I wouldn't. It's fun. It's fun. It's not something that I would, like, put into a playlist, which I feel like is a shitty criteria I set up and I've been following. I guess it's just the vibe of the song, really, that determines whether I give it an A or not. Honestly, not all songs belong in playlists, you know? You're right. I think I think that Oye Komova gets an A, because it, it vibes, and it's got all those layers behind it of the language differences and how the stand and the user have the same name in different languages. And I just think it's cool. So you're giving it an A for Oyekomova. No, <laughs> for, the, for, the, for the last letter of Oyekomova. Yeah, you're giving it an A for that. And I'm giving it a B for Boku no Rhythm Okitakuri. And X Factor's an A for both of us, I assume, because yeah. we both like this bird. I want this bird to be my friend. Yeah, uh, ugh. 
Boken over them, Okietakure puts a bomb on Tower of Grey and it fucking it fucking explodes. We have to talk about Killer Queen now. Who starts? You'd say what it looks like. Oh, and then I guess on. we'll go back and forth for ability. I need, I need a second. One second. Oh, all right. I'm still recording, so okay. I'll be down a bit. Oh. All right. Okay. All right. We're good. Yeah. So our next matchup is Killer Queen from Part 4, Diamond is Unbreakable versus Red Hot Chili Pepper. Also from Part 4, Diamond is Unbreakable, but it's not important to say that because there's only one Red Hot Chili Pepper, which is why the name's singular and not plural like the band. Fun fact, it gets like a weird amount of video game appearances for how minor it is, but we'll get there. It's like the, it's a tertiary antagonist. No, it's, it's a secondary antagonist of part four. Like, Keicho Nijimura is a tertiary antagonist under Otoishi. Otoishi's like a secondary antagonist because of the way he uses the arrow and manipulates Morio, and then it moves on to the primary antagonist, Kira, with his dad being a secondary antagonist, creating more tertiary antagonists. Can I be real? Uh-huh. The first time watching part four, I remember <laughs> I remembered my friends mentioning the name of the main villain being Kira. Mm-hmm. And so I thought when, when <laughs> the arc was coming up, I thought I was just mishearing them. And this dude, Akira Toishi, is the main villain. Honestly, that would be pretty sick. Just this dumb rock dude. Anyway. Yeah, um, unless you're watching the live-action movie of Part 4, in which case Red Hot Chili Pepper doesn't exist, and Killer Queen comes out of the electrical sockets. What? You didn't know about that? I had no idea. Yeah, the scene in Part 4 where Killer Queen comes and grabs Keicho and pulls him into the electrical wiring is Killer Queen comes out and grabs Keicho and pulls him into the electrical wiring. Alright, so Killer Queen Part 4 gets a D for understandability. No, we'll get there. Tell me what right. it looks like. Killer Queen is a humanoid stand. He's kind of slender and he's average build. He looks like Kira, kind of. Mm. <laughs> it's Kira's persona. <laughs> the crown of its head is flat with two triangular protrusions resembling cat ears on either side of the top of its head. Its eyes have light plinks. Plink! Its eyes have light pink sclera with vertical feline pupils. No nose and thin lips on an always closed mouth. It wears black studded gloves that extend back to its forearms with some openings that show its wrists. And like, it, it, it's, I always want to describe them as gimp gloves. Jesus Christ. You, you can cut that if you want. But I like, think I'm gonna, that's. But like, I'm not wrong. No, you're certainly correct. Its thumbs are wrapped in white bandages. It wears a, it wears a brand. <laughs> It wears a band around its waist that drapes down similar material and wears ankle-high shoes of the same material with similar openings to the gloves. From the wiki, its shoulders and the back of its hands belt buckle both sides of its ankles and the top of its feet all bear an emblem of a skull with cat ears resembling its own. And it, it all they're all different sizes to match where they are. Killer Queen also has a hollow abdomen... <sighs> Its abs slide up like a little garage that it can put stuff in there. Uh-huh. Uh, forget that's a part of it. Yeah, it certainly is. The tanks it create. I'm sorry. Singular tank. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. I, I forgot. <laughs> Kingdom forgot. The tank it creates as part of its as part of its ability have has round bodies covered in blue plates. 
It has two treads on one on either side, as tanks do. The top of the plating is open, showing a green ring around an opaque orange cap that looks like glass or plastic. The fronts of these tanks, the fronts of these tanks, have mm-hmm. skulls similar to the appearance on Killer Queen's main design, with a downward pointing dagger on its forehead. That's with a downward pointing dagger on its forehead. Mm-hmm. The skull has a pointy conical nose. Yeah, and I wrote that very plural because I was still thinking about part eight, Killer Queen, but we'll get there. This Killer Queen only has the one tank. As far as we know. As far as we saw, yeah. I think... What if you just never tried? What if you just never tried? Hey, we're talking about Cat a lot with Killer Queen. I've been on hormones for a year as of the day people be hearing this. Congrats. Thanks. I'm here to flex on everyone, I guess. (laughs) Get on my level. Uh, what do you give Killer Queen for appearance? Killer Queen looks cool as hell. It does, but like we said with part 8 Killer Queen, it's kind of plain. It's plain. I... Uh, I need an example of... I feel like part 4 Killer Queen looks cooler. It... I think... I... Hmm. I think it does oh, in the here. manga. Yes. Part... Okay, yeah. I'm looking at him now. I got an image of Killer Queen from Part 8. By the way, spoilers, Killer Queen's in Part 8. We, it's kind of a different stand. We we, we already... T- we, I know, already- but... I know, but people don't follow the plot, and also... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's mostly just a change in art style, but yeah, Killer Queen in Part 8 looks less cool to me. I, I, I see that. I definitely see it being cooler in the Part 4 manga than it is in the Part 4 anime, but the part four anime definitely looks closer to part eight Killer Queen than to part four manga Killer Queen. But also in the anime, it's a very, very pale pink, which I think looks really nice. It does. Are you going to give it an A? I'm going to give it a B. I'm going okay. to try. I don't know why you're talking so much then. Yeah, we gave part eight Killer Queen a B and I think part four Killer Queen also gives a B. Yeah, we did. That dumbass that deserves a C. It's too late. It's too, it? did, I think, did we kill it? Did we kill her queen? Do I, I'm gonna do some research. Tell me what it does. Okay. Tell me so, the first part, and I'll, I'll hop in at some point. Thank you. Yeah, I'll do the first bit. You take your heart attack, and then I'll do a bite to the dust. Fair. So, Killer Queen is a close range stand with strength and speed that, while above average, fall short of those. <laughs> Killer Queen is a close range stand with strength and speed that, while above average, fall short of other close range stands. Its abilities all revolve around creating and utilizing bombs in strategic ways. Killer Queen's first bomb, just called Killer Queen, allows it to charge any object or person that it touches with a bomb. It can then press its right thumb into the middle bone of its right index finger, as though it was pressing a detonator to set off the bomb. This motion is 100% required for a charge bomb to detonate. Once this motion is done, the charge extends through the target from the touch point and causes it to explode in its entirety unless the user wills otherwise. Killer Queen can also cause explosions with objects it's directly touching, which skips the charging process entirely and just blows shit up. Only one object can be charged in this way at a given time. If an individual touches a charged object before Killer Queen detonates it, that individual is blown up, consuming the charge that was placed onto the object. Any individuals blown up by being charged or touched are automatically... Sorry? No, I'm glad it's not just me. No, to myself. Editing. (laughs) Any individuals blown up by being charged or touched are entirely eliminated down to the atomic level, like I said, unless the user chooses otherwise. 
This includes their clothing and any items they were holding. Individuals who explode via touching a charged object can survive, though this is very rare. The bombs created through this are incendiary in nature, as they are shown to require air to detonate. They are silent, and it is unknown if they can be viewed or felt by non-stand users. This first bomb can also synergize with other stand abilities. For example, it teams up a stray cat and is able to charge the air bubbles that it shoots as explosive projectiles. Something um, that oh. I was going to say that Stray Cat sits in the abs garage for this, so I, I think that. it mostly counts as a Killer Queen thing. Um, something that I want to point out, um, I feel like a lot of the time it's it's described as Killer Queen placing a bomb on someone or something, when it's better better visualized and better conceptually to think about it as Killer Queen makes something a bomb, as it, like it is a bomb. That's why it blows up in its entirety. Right. Also, I can confirm that it wasn't even that long ago, so I don't know why we both forgot, but Killer Queen Part 8 did lose to Gold Experience. Okay, I figured. I don't... I mentioned this last week. I don't remember anything that happens the second we stop recording. You do! Except for this one. It's all blur. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway. Tell me about Killer Queen's second bomb. Bomb number two, which is, like, not even a bomb, because it's a tank. But the tank blows up. Uh, the tank is generated by this ability. What's it called? It's Killer Queen's second bomb, Sheer Heart Attack. The tank generated by this ability is tied to the user's left hand. It's like the right hand is used to click the detonator, the left hand's for this. Mm-hmm. Meaning that A, it can be used while the first bomb is in use, and B, any effect inflicted upon sh- Sheer Heart Attack are, is reflected on the user's left hand. Beyond this, it is greatly autonomous and has large range. So the user does not necessarily know what's happening to it while it is active. Mm-hmm. It's like instead of because Killer Queen in total is like in general is a close range like the stand type stand as I like to say, <laughs> but this is an automatic stand. Yeah, and like so things affect the user's left hand as well, but it's only like if really dramatic stuff happens because it is pretty much invulnerable. Mm-hmm. So like the only thing that really affects it is like a great weight being put upon it and the user's hand becoming very, very heavy all of a sudden. Sheer Heart Attack tracks down the target with the highest heat signature near it and, upon contact, creates an explosion proportional to the heat of the target. If the explosion is not caused by a person, Sheer Heart Attack will continue to track targets until it detonates on an individual. Similarly to the first bomb, all traces of an individual detonated in this way are destroyed. The body of Sheer Heart Attack is basically indestructible, though it can take some visual damage, as far as we can tell. Yes, and it can also be immobilized. Yeah. It took it took a really long... It took a lot of aura punches from Star Platinum and was fine. It, it took Koichi going Super Saiyan to stop it. Yeah, to stop it, not to kill it. Mm-hmm. Just to make it not move anymore. Yeah. It's pretty it's- nuts. It's pretty nice. I had something I was gonna say, but then I forgot. Oh, it's like it's like when you're playing a survival horror game and there's that one enemy that you can't kill and you just have to run oh, yeah. and hide from until you find a way to deal with it. So uh, <laughs> your heart attack is a horror game. Yeah. It's just gotta be colder. I was I was talking about that last night. I think the one of those in Dead Space 2 is the best one ever done, but I won't get into it. I'll just say that. Dead Space is a cool series. Three is not great. The first yes. two are some of the best horror games ever made. 
They did the the alien and then aliens. Yeah, they certainly did. And then three. And then three. And then the disappointing one, just like Alien. What was it? Alien Covenant? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what was the third one. I remember it was bad. Fair. Yeah, finally, Killer Queen's third bomb is called Killer Queen Bites the Dust or just Bites the Dust. Bites the Dust manifests as a miniature version of Killer Queen that exists within the eye of the target, necessarily a non-stand user, that it is implanted in. The stand activates when a trigger criteria is met or when another stand user sees the miniature Killer Queen. Once either of these things occur, Bites the Dust enters the eye of its victim and detonates them. Multiple individuals can be detonated by this ability at once. <sighs> once an individual is detonated in this way, Bites the Dust creates a time loop which rewinds to about an hour before it was detonated. Because it's autonomous, the stand's user is not aware of this loop or that an individual was killed. While small variations in the timeline can occur, it is generally similar, and even if individuals who previously died don't activate Bites the Dust, they still explode at the same time they did in a previous loop. The victim in which Bites the Dust was placed is aware of the time loop and is powerless to stop them directly. It can't be a main antagonist stand if it doesn't fuck with the fabric of space-time. Yeah. Fuck it. Bites the Dust does not harm and will actively protect the individual it is planted in from anyone, including the stand's user. The individual affected by the stand cannot harm themselves to end the loop as a result of this. While active, Bites the Dust prevents either of Killer Queen's other bombs from being used as the entirety of Killer Queen is placed within the victim. This means that Bites the Dust must be dispelled for Killer Queen to be used in any other ways. Bites the Dust is also expelled when its stand user, Yoshikage Kira, Bites the Dust manifests as a miniature version of the stand that exists within the eye of the target. Necessarily a non-stand user. <laughs> it's the time loop. That's the joke. Did that take but, you but, a but, second? But, but. No, it's just like, how long are you going to take it? I got to stop. <laughs> oh, yeah. The trigger is when you say the stand user, Yoshikage Kira's name, or somebody figures out that you're infected with Killer Queen. But yeah, it's also expelled when Kira dies. It's an A. <laughs> Um, I don't know if, should I say this now or during, because do you remember I texted you a thing that whenever we talk about Bites the Dust, I have a thing to bring up, but it's I more, <laughs> well, I'm glad I remembered. It's more for reference. So I think I should save it for then, but I already brought it up. Okay. Um, yeah. Save it for reference. Fuck it. All right. Get ready. Everybody okay. get excited. I'm, I'm fucking, I'm pogging out. <laughs> I'm big poggers. Um, abilities in A. Yeah, for sure. I think versatility is probably a B by necessity because it really does only destroy shit. It only destroys shit if it didn't have time loop capabilities. It would be like a C or D. Yeah, but it does make the time loops. It makes time loop and has an indestructible tank. So, so following that, I think understandability is a C. Yeah, it can't be higher than a C. Yeah. Bomb. Tank. Time loop? <laughs> yeah, so yeah, exactly. It breaks the rules of long range auto- autonomous stands, A, with sheer heart attack, because what happens to it can affect the user. Yeah. And B, so the world just stops time. King Crimson just skips time. Made in Heaven, which we haven't talked about yet, is evolved to from a stand that controls gravity, which 
can alter the fabric of time, which makes sense. Bombs don't do time. Bombs don't do time. I mean, if you want to really stretch it, Big Bang made time, sort of. Or you could say, like, oh, it blows up the entire last hour. But sure, but like, come on. Exactly. It's it's a stretch no matter how you swim. And anyway, the Big Bang Theory is over. It was canceled. So Yeah, shout out to the Bare Naked Was that the Bare Naked Ladies who did the opening for that? I have no idea. <laughs> Bang Theory OP one. <laughs> Band. The history of everything is the theme song. It's by the Bare Naked Ladies. Bare Naked Ladies is a good stand name. Too bad Araki doesn't have taste. Alright, reference, so I can talk about my thing now. Yeah, the reference is the song Killer Queen by Queen. And also Sheer Heart Attack and Bites the Dust. Yes, by Queen. By Queen. Um, you know, do you remember that thing in the in like the 80s and 90s, the Satanic Panic? I'm familiar with Satanic Panic. Um, you remember Oh. Do you remember when everybody was taking rocks popular rock songs and playing them in reverse and seeing all the Satan worship going on? Yes. Because your brain just finds patterns and nonsense. Right. Um, listen, I don't know. You can probably play a little bit of this uh, in the in the show. <laughs> but, but, oh, that's a lot of work. I mean, you don't have to. A listener can just l- look it up. If you – there's a video on it. It's it's a short thing. The everybody, everybody bites dust. Everybody, everybody, everybody bites dust. That part? Yeah. Another one? Play, Another one, but I, st- I can't remember. Um, if you play that in reverse, it vaguely sounds like he's saying, It's fun to smoke marijuana. It's fun to smoke marijuana. I mean, yeah. I just wanted to bring that up. I thought that was funny. No, that's very good. And that kind of ties into Bites the Dust reversing time. <laughs> Versus time. Yeah. Kira just wants to smoke weed. Oh, this is the second episode in a row we've talked about weed. All right. Last one was Snoop Dogg. You kind of have to. Snoop Dogg. That man is that man is in like 50% marijuana. Yeah. Shout out to Snoop Dogg. References in A. Yeah, references in A. All it's fucking three it's, Queen songs. It's three Queen songs. Queen's really good. Yeah. She's a killer. Queen. So, there, you know, I've talked about Kingdom of Loathing on this podcast before. Hi. I love There is an encounter. <laughs> sorry. There is an encounter in Kingdom of Loathing where, like, the enemy was called Killer Queen or something, and all of its abilities were just song lyrics, and it was good. Neat. And X Factor's an A. It's Killer Fucking Queen. It's Killer Queen. It's the cooler queen. Yeah. So that brings us to Red Lodge. You're going to let me have that one? No, sorry, I started laughing because I remembered what I said before this episode started <laughs> about Red Hot Chili Pepper having a massive cock. You have to erase that one, too. Fuck you. Uh, do I? Yeah. I mean, you edit it. I guess it's up to you. Uh, I'll probably cut that. Yeah. So let's talk about Red Hot Chili Pepper. Let me tell you what it looks no, like. No, it's my turn. It's like, you tell me what the thing does, so it's me. What? No, you tell me what Red Hot Chili Pepper does. I tell you what it looks like. Where am I? I don't know. 
Red Hot Chili Pepper is a stand designed to somewhat resemble a cop, a kappa, kappa Mikey. Kappa. The I know. Kappa, the kappa emote from Twitch.tv. What the fuck off? <laughs> Red Hot Chili Pepper is a stand designed to somewhat resemble a kappa from Japanese mythology, featuring a beak, tail, and a crown of its head that's textured differently from the rest of its body. Its head is ringed with round nubs just below the crown. Like a kappa, red hot chili pepper is humanoid. <laughs> like a kappa. Uh-huh. It is small and generally slender, though it does resemble jointed armor in many places, including the elbows and its legs. Its body is covered in a faint electric glow. It also wears a cod piece of varying length. It's You can't not bring it up. Fine, sure. It, it's, it, it, it's there. It's definitely there. They really fucking downplayed it in the anime, but in did. the manga, it's massive. <laughs> like, why? It's, like, longer than its knee. <laughs> it is. Red Hot Chili Pepper is consistently yellow with a slightly more macaroni-colored beak. It's, like, orangey. I'd say it's more gold than yellow, but to each their own. Fair. Gold is a yellow. Shut up. <laughs> What do you give Codpiece Pervert for appearance? I've had enough today. <laughs> it's like a D. It looks bad. It I looks, also have a D. It looks like like Frieza and Cooler had a, had another brother that nobody likes to talk about. Because <laughs> your princess is dick out. <laughs> they put him in prison. <laughs> and Akira Otoishi broke him out. With rock. Yeah, fucking tell me what it does. Red Hot Chili Pepper is a long-range stand. Wait, what did we give it for appearance, D? I I don't like that. (laughs) Can we give it an E instead, just because I don't like this? Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Anyway, Red Hot Chili Pepper is a long-range stand whose abilities focus around electricity. While While it is dependent on sources of electricity to act... It can travel a great distance away from its user through electrical infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Y'all ever see the modern world? No. We ain't fighting vampires anymore. We have technology. A red hot chili pepper is able to absorb electricity for purposes such as healing and enhancing its strength and speed to huge levels depending on the amount of electricity absorbed. As mentioned, because of this, it needs to exist near electricity to survive and will additionally be defeated by water. That's not how Pokemon works, but I'll give it to you, Toichi. In addition to being able to move itself through electrical lines, Red Hot Chili Pepper can also convert objects or people into electricity and take them with it. A person dragged into the electrical system this way will be electrocuted and probably die. You know Persona 4? Vaguely. Very vaguely. So the thing in Persona 4 is that there's a murderer in town who's killing people... By pulling them into the TV world. Yeah. But they their bodies turn up, like, in the electrical wiring. Wait. Like, up telephone poles it's just in the JoJo. real world. It's Persona, for, so the whole thing is based on JoJo's. Exactly. Spoiler wow. for Persona 4, just oh. has red hot chili pepper. No! <laughs> Yo, the villain of Persona 4 has the best throw in any fucking fighting game ever in Persona 4 Arena. He trips you, and then he points at you and laughs. <laughs> what a dick. He's such a cocksucker. I love him so much. I need to play Persona 4 so bad. Get a Vita. Ew. If only they'd give me an option to play it. Get a Vita TV. <laughs> Just put it on the PlayStation 4. 
No. Persona 5 sold incredibly well. Just put it on the PS4, please. <laughs> um, what are we what giving? Are you... what, are we, what are we giving it? I, I have a C. What are we giving this gross chicken man? I got a C. That's fine. I'll take a uh, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Yeah, and versatility is like a D. It's it's electric. Boop 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 boop. boop it's got a lot of potential, but it's it's a weird case where a stand has like a resource pool. Exactly. <laughs> it's got a meter. It's got a mana bar. Yeah. Understandability's an A though. It's electric. It's electric. And it can turn other things into electricity, which isn't how the real world works, but the laws of physics don't exist in Wario. We know that from George. <laughs> Patreon.com slash stand up. <laughs> $5 a month gets you George Joestar chapter recaps. $1 a month gets you episodes a couple of days early and monthly bonus episodes. Last month we talked about Hunter Hunter. And maybe a new stretch goal is coming up. Maybe. Oh, keep an eye out. Reference is the band, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And Thanks. before this, before this, uh, we have both agreed that the Red Hot Chili Peppers fuck. Yeah, they kind of fuck. They're pretty good. And no, it's not like it's not that they fuck and that they have sex. It's that's like, what you said. That's what you told me. <laughs> no, I said they kind of fuck, which is like they slap or they whip. Or they jam, or they bop, but it's like higher than all of those. Oh, can't stop and listen to the shindig. Dream a <laughs> and the scar tissue. Oh, the red hot chili peppers really good. Okay, yeah, they're an A. They're an A. Thing is, it has nothing to do with the stand in any way, but the band's good, so fuck it. I think Akira smokes weed. Sure, yeah, we could tie it to Akira Toichi. Yeah, and X Factor's a D. Yeah, this Red Hot Chili Peppers is a stain on the stand's names. And this so, gross little d- duckling kid. Yeah, and I it, think... It's so angry, too. I hate it. It's bad, and that's why Killer Queen blows it up. It does, canonically. No, that's it. Probably, I don't remember. Yeah, who knows? I think Okiyasu beats the shit out of a Toishi, and then he just leaves town. I thought he died. See, maybe, maybe somebody kills him. Yeah, for, all right, we do know that canonically, a Toichi, a Toichi works for Kira in a way, sort of. Yes, yes. Status retired. He just left. Okay, so if Red Hot Chili Pepper couldn't fight against Kira in the show, how you expect him to fight against Kira in this show, huh? Exactly. Spoken a rhythm with Kitakure and Killer Queen blow up their respective enemies, Tower of Grey and Red Hot Chili Pepper. And we're Both done with disgusting the insects. <laughs> we're done with the really weird energy episode. Next week, we're going to be talking about Green Day versus Talking Head and Blue Hawaii versus Speed King, which is going to be quite the episode. Oh, Blue Hawaii. Is that a George Joestar stand? It's blue. <laughs> They're all blue. Blue, blue Thunder, blue. NYPD Blue, Blue Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. Grand yeah, that's, that's just Grand Blue. Grand Blue. Listen to George. Give us five dollars. Listen to George again because we've already mentioned it twice. The Patreon standoff pod at patreon.com. Twitter.com slash patreon. Patreon.com slash standoff pod. Twitter.com slash standoff podcast. Email us at standoffpod at gmail.com. 
Kingdoms at Tachyon Kingdom. That's T A C H Y O N Kingdom. I'm at Real Katsune Miku. That's like Katsune Miku, but with a K instead of an H. Our music is Mad Rock a Strange City by Nice Wizard Music on Twitter. Bye. And <laughs> as always, until next time, stand, stand proud. proud.